Hello and a big welcome back to this, the Talking Dogs podcast with me, Graham Hall. If you're new round here, you might be wondering who I am. Well, perhaps you know me better as the dog father, or you've spotted me on TV's dogs behaving very badly. I'm the tall fellow in the tweed jacket doing my best to help dog owners and their naughty pups. I've got over 10 years experience training dogs and I'm determined to make sure that you live as calm and a happy life with your dog as possible, which is why I'll take any opportunity to teach you what I've learned over the years. Now, that's what I do on this podcast. I share as much advice as I possibly can. And sometimes, well, I crack the odd joke along the way. I can't help myself. Only if you're terribly lucky, though. Today I want to take a closer look at those sharp dog's teeth. Uh, I've done a whole episode on nuisance nipping already, but what happens when those razor-sharp fangs not only nip at your fingers once in a while, but leave a trail of real devastation and destruction all over your home? Well, I'll talk through how we might begin to tackle that a little later on. First, though, I want to introduce you to someone whose voice, if you're a fan of the TV show, you might just recognise... Joanna Scanlon is the voiceover narrator on Dogs Behaving Very Badly. That basically means that she gets paid to watch hours of footage of me messing around with cheeky dogs every day. It's a hard job, but somebody's got to do it. Now, I also happen to know that when she's not in a recording studio, she's probably somewhere getting a little exasperated, let's say, with uh, with something that her rescue staffy Millie, is doing. So, hi, Joanna. Welcome to Talking Dogs. It's so lovely to be able to have a two-way conversation for once. Oh, Graham, I can't tell you how fantastic it is to meet you, having spent so long watching you and listening to you and trying to <laughs> also apply some of the, the principles <laughs> that you've talked about it really is if this if this wasn't a show I had to watch because I'm doing the recording on it it's a show I would be watching on tv every single day I absolutely love what you do with these dogs uh, oh that's a lovely thing to hear that's that that's probably the best compliment anybody's ever paid me I think um you, you've you've been doing that in the trade they call it the voiceover don't they the narrator thing so you've been doing the voiceover right from the very beginning of of series one so you, you you've literally seen every single case that I've I've been out to what's your favorite is the one you could pick Oh, there are a lot that I could pick. I mean, I love the Great Dane pup that just <laughs> wanted to wanted to get in the bath with her oh, owner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's one of the... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Great Dane pup alone would fill that bath, let alone trying to get her and the, and the owner in. That made me laugh so much. So, Joanna, tell me about your dog. It's, it's Millie, isn't it? Well... She is about 11 years old, coming up to 11 years old. We got her as a rescue dog from Battersea Cats and Dogs Home. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't really been intending that day to get a Staffy. I was actually really scared of Staffies uh -huh. and scared of bull breeds in general at that stage. But we went to Battersea and we were hoping to get a Husky. And we'd spotted this Husky on their website. We arrived and this Husky that we chosen as it were on the website was so beautiful and mm. wonderful dog and Battersea advised us very strongly not to take that husky because they require sort of special care really mm. firstly mm. that they probably need to be kept on a lead a lot of the time and they also might need fence special fencing and so on mm. so we were a bit disappointed and then my niece and my brother who were with me had spotted this staffy upstairs and she came down mm. we met her in a room and she went straight to my husband and just 
you know, bounded towards him. And I thought, oh, that's a sign. We'll, we'll take her. Um, <laughs> you <laughs> fell rude, for it. We've rued the day. <laughs> yeah, we fell for it. We did fall for it. We fell for her. She turned over on her tummy and, you know, showing her tummy and it was just oh, adorable. It's a nice okay. thing. It'd be easy for me to go, oh, you don't want to let the dog choose you. But no, do you know what? I, I, there's a bond there sometimes from the start. And, yeah. and it it was a bond that was pretty quickly challenged because she was not even one, I don't think, but she was lactating uh-huh. already at the point that we, you know, we met her that day. And she'd been in Battersea for 10 days and been found as a stray. So she'd obviously had a litter of pups mm. and I imagine had been put out mm. after breeding, just, you know, abandoned somewhere. And mm. I think that was cause for her, I don't know, her, you know, a lack of stability because mm. she hadn't seen the pups through mm-hmm. to the right point. Mm. In addition to that, I honestly believe she had never been outdoors. Right. Uh, I mean, I have no evidence for that, mm. but I have a, a strong instinct she'd never been outdoors so the first year or two were all about very very basic things mm-hmm. indeed i was very frightened of her as i say because she was a bull breed and i'd you know they get a, a bad rap don't they mm-hmm. in the press yeah, and everything certainly. the dog before i had had was a terrier uh-huh. a jack russell terrier who was actually slightly atypical jack russell in that she was very docile very easy going and i always used to say she speaks english because i could just say something to her and she'd do it uh, i mean yeah. just you know words it wasn't commands they were just english chatting yeah. <laughs> and she would do it she it was like she could read my mind so when i we got millie it was a totally different mm-hmm. ball game here was this dog and I started to take it to classes. Uh, I started with some agility work. That actually was great because it was a, it was a good task for her. And she's a clever dog and she mm-hmm. wanted something to occupy her brain. Mm. But the lady who used to run those classes used to say, I think she's deaf. You need to get her hearing sorted. <laughs> so we had her hearing checked and no, she wasn't deaf. Mm. But it was almost for a year and a half, something like that. It was like she looked to the side and... Um, you know, like Catherine Tate, she sort of went yeah. bothered. Yeah. I don't, I just don't, I'm not connecting. I know exactly what you mean. Does this face look bothered? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> bothered. Face? No. <laughs> exactly. It, that was exactly where she was at. So it was very tough. And we would take her for a walk. Um, I was determined to try to get the recall working. Well, rather, I wanted her to have proper exercise Uh and to tire herself out because she had a huge amount of energy, Mm. but we didn't have recall on her. So I found a wood that was, there were no roads on any sides and it was, you know, it was fenced in, big, but fenced in. And we would arrive at the wood for the walk. She was always good on certain commands, like she would sit and then I'd say, off you go. And she'd go off mm-hmm. and we'd do our walk. She'd do her walk and we'd go back to the car and then we'd just sit and wait until she arrived back. <laughs> and, and this went on for, yeah, oh, in a good good 18 months to two years. Wow. And even now she can go AWOL on a walk uh, off chasing. She's got this hunting side to her, which is quite tricky when you haven't got brilliant, brilliant recall. Mm. So sure. the recall obviously did improve over time. But she had a lot of health problems. She had a back issue, which, in fact, was uh, operated on at the super vets. Oh, yeah. The, the downside to that, she was in a lot of pain, I think. And we because staffies can take a huge amount of pain, 
yeah. we didn't really know how much pain she was in. Um, and yeah. the vet explained to us it was really, must have been awful for her. Mm. Awful. Dogs in general can be a bit like that. But but you're right, some of the bully breeds, you think where they come from, rounding up bulls, bull baiting, all that kind of thing, nipping fetlocks of bulls, they'd get a kick in the head now and again from a bull, you know. So they, they develop to be very tough. They don't whimper, you know, like there are no. other breeds, aren't they? Like my, like my terrier would have whimpered and I would have known when there yeah. was pain. That's right. And in fact, when, when it, the day that I did put her down eventually was because it was so obvious to me that she was in agony because she was yeah. just howling and uh, I just knew she was in, in enormous pain. Mm. Whereas with Millie, I'm not sure I'll ever know she's in pain. No. She, I've never heard her whimper in her whole life. But what I was going to say about the, the difficulties in those early years and all that training when the lady was saying she's deaf and I knew she was just bothered. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> looking back on all that, it built a bond between me and her mm. that is so deep. I would say it much, much, much deeper because it was harder, because right. I had to really find the key to the to unlock her connection. Yeah, there were things that worked for us that I would not have done if it hadn't been a rescue situation, because I would have trusted that in initial bonding, puppy bonding, and so on would have got me a long way. Mm. Is we instituted a really sort of strict set of rules, really. You know, she wasn't allowed on furniture. Everything was routine, absolutely routine. Mm. And gradually, gradually, she started trusting life because it was routine. Yes. And she knew when to expect everything. And obviously, I, my guess is that everything had been quite chaotic before and she hadn't known mm. when to expect anything. But mm. once she knew that she was going to have this morning walk and then she was going to have this evening walk and then she was going to have a meal at this time and then, then we were going to sit in front of the telly and she'd sit in this particular place and yeah. yeah. wrap around my feet. You know, all of once all that was in place, it seemed like to me her emotions began to kind of relax enough mm. that the bonding could start. So she's she's a pretty high energy dog. Certainly has been. Um, so how yeah. how does that show itself when she's playing with you? This is the thing that I've I've never really cracked over. And this is, I know I see it on your show all the time that it's the owner, not the dog. And I know that this <laughs> is my fault. But I like to play with her a bit. And mm -hmm. so because she's not allowed on the sofa or anything, this is at home. I'll sometimes sit down with her on on her bed or in on her cushion on a big she's got a huge cushion and I'll sit down with her and from the early days she loved being massaged you ah. know they've got those huge muscles staffies mm. and they and she just loved being massaged so I would start with like massaging her haunches and her shoulders and you know and she just absolutely loved it and it was perhaps one of the things that helped with the bonding process mm. but it would always get slightly out of hand so it would start with the massage and she'd be quite relaxed, but then she'd start kind of pushing back at me as if, you know, when you see two dogs playing or mm. two big puppies playing, mm -hmm. you know, they, they sort of one pushes the other one over and then that yeah. one lies dead for a moment and yeah. then jumps up and pushes back. And, you know, it, and yeah. she sort of treats me as if I'm that other dog who's uh, having a game, right. like a sibling in the pack. So she starts mouthing then mm. and it's like little tiny i mean like the nibbles like um 
You know those fish that people put when you get your pedicure? Oh, yeah. And you put, the, yeah. you know, and they put in, and it kind of eats your, eats the dead skin I off your fish. Can't say off, I've off ever done it. If feet. I'm honest, but yes, no, I'm aware of this. Nor me, but nor me, <laughs> but I, I've heard of them. It's that kind of really yeah. tiny, tiny, tiny mm, little teeth, teeth, teeth. But yeah. then it will go like much bigger than that. Right. And she's never drawn blood or anything like that, and it's utterly playful. But I'll get a bruise from it potentially. Okay. This is really good uh, listening to you because I'm like, oh, I can't wait to jump in and tell you what the answer is to this. I always say to people, when, when you're going to put some sort of rule in in your house, be really clear. You need to, to really be able to visualise exactly what you mean by go to your bed. What does it mean? Does it mean go to your bed and sort of half on, half... No, no, all four paws. Great. Nice and black and white. So I think you just need to be really clear with the rule. So you, you say to yourself, right, what's okay? This is okay. I'd say the leaning against me thing, you know, I fall over you for that's fine. I'd probably even say that that slight nibbly thing is okay. But I think you need to be really clear in your own mind where the line is crossed, right? So as mm. soon as she puts a little bit of pressure on, that's the point when you go, no, right? Now, how do you get that across to her? So I think you could get yourself in a lot of trouble if you start going, ah, no, ooh, nah, pack it in, because that kind of excitement tends to just heighten things, right? Chances are she'll yeah. be biting more before you know it. She's properly nipped. She didn't mean to, and everybody's in tears. One really easy way to put in a consequence for bad behaviour is to take away a good thing, right? So you can, mm. you can add a bad thing. You can tell them off right in an mm -hmm. appropriate way or you can take away a good thing well it, it's a gift this because there's already a lovely thing going on right so she's getting the massage thing bit of a cuddle you know your body language at that point will be lovely as well no doubt you know yeah mm -hmm. okay lovely mm -hmm. nice big smiles because dogs read your face you know and then at some point which you're going to be absolutely consistent about you go right that's your lot <laughs> yeah. and you walk away <laughs> yeah it's as simple as that right yeah and they see i can hear you now it's like oh i don't know if i can do that it's like so what you got to do is you go that's it you're blowing it and it, yeah. you check you don't have to be nasty it but it is that almost use that silence and um, the thing that i've got with you which is great is you're an actress yes i can pretend <laughs> you can act right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that needs to and it needs to be that switch on that character that you know whatever's in your brain that that and we can all do this to some extent even if we're not actors right but it's that moment where you go right that's it you've and it, you've blown it is the phrase i use a lot when i'm explaining it to people walk away if you're struggling make a cup of tea stick the kettle on right and then yeah. a couple of minutes later when she's calmed out she may well follow you you know, Mum, please, yeah. you know. No, no, I'm not talking to you yeah. for a minute, right? Uh, in the time it takes the kettle to boil almost, you could go back and go, right, let's try again. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And if you go through that every time, uh, and she'll soon soon learn, it's like, right, okay, so this is okay, the lying down's okay, the leaning against is okay, the nibbly bit's even okay, but as soon as I use my teeth to put any pressure on, that seems to be when she, when she turns funny. Do you know what? I'll just avoid that you know but you've got to be dead yeah. consistent and you can only be consistent if you've got a really good image of where the line is is crossed so it all starts with that i think the failing is in me because the reason i would find that hard to do is it's almost like she gets me into my child mm. you know my playful side mm. as well so we both drop 
I, well, she's probably not dropping. She's just doing what she does. But I'm <laughs> dropping into being like if I was a kid, and you, you know, when you, you know, I had a, I had a brother as a kid, and you know, I'd, I'd, I'd pinch him a tiny bit, and then <laughs> he'd pinch me back a tiny bit, yeah. and then, I, and then it would get bigger, and then yeah. it'd get bigger until somebody's crying and calling for mum. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, she takes me into a place that I love, oh. that is really good fun but isn't actually very good. And I know that this is, I'm indulging myself rather than really being her best friend. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? it, it to, to use your analogy, that you've almost got to be sister up to the point where she crosses the line and then you switch into mum mode, if that makes yeah. sense. Right, that's it now. You've yeah. done it now. And it, and it is yeah. just, it, you won't have to do much. You don't even have to say, you know, all the stuff you see me doing on the telly, that no and ah. Uh, I think with your dog, you won't have to do that. Just the taking away the lovely stuff, the stopping, will probably be enough if you do it again and again and again. So she chews you. Does she Does she chew anything else? They usually do, Staffies. She does, but very, very specific. She's never been a dog that just, you know, randomly chewed anything and everything. Uh-huh. So... This goes back to what I was saying about routine, really. Oh. So we have quite a routine in the house. She'll have her dinner about five or six o'clock. Yeah. And then I'll start cooking our dinner. And usually at some point our, during the cooking of dinner, I'll have like, you know, 10 minutes whilst something's boiling or whatever. Mm. And I'll sit in this specific chair. She'll come and sit in the, on her bed that's beside it. Mm-hmm. And then she will start chewing the chair leg. And I'll uh-huh. I'll be looking at my phone at that point. Uh, hands up! I'm, I'll be looking at my phone yeah. because that'll be what I, I I will have been doing the cooking, and then I think, oh, I've just got to check if there's any emails or whatever. Hmm. So I'll be looking at my phone, and that's when the nibbling on the chair will start. And she's ruined this chair uh-huh. completely. Ruined it. Not any other chairs. Right. Not anything else. Ah, uh, okay. So, no, that's not that's not true. Some of the chair legs on the dining room chairs she has also nibbled and that's usually when we're eating dinner she'll start on them i think possibly it's attention seeking possibly we've never fed her from the table she's never had tidbits or anything like that so she's not expecting to be fed but maybe she just doesn't like us talking to each other or me looking at my phone i don't know what it is yeah dogs sort of understand mobile phones and sort of don't really they um they know that these funny little things in our hands take the attention away so Mm. it Mm. probably started not see they don't think like evil geniuses right so it's like if i were to chew the leg she would probably realize what i'm doing and then she would give me a no they don't do that they just got a bit Mm. bored now Mm, that'll do. Looks like something I could chew on and gnaw on, you know. Uh, and then it's like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. And it's like, oh, 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 look what happened. I just got a bit of love and affection for chewing the leg of the... And as if we could have a conversation with her, we'd be like, no, you jumped to the wrong conclusion. You didn't get this tickle in love for chewing the... You, But, but that's what happened next. So a dog just goes... What am I doing? Chewing the leg. What happened? I got attention back. Do I like this? Yes. Am I going to chew the leg more often? Dead right I am. 
It's a real simple but equation. But only when mum's sitting in the chair. Yes, because, because... she doesn't do it when I'm not in the chair. Correct. Because at no time when you weren't sitting in the chair and she chewed the leg, did, did you come and find her? You see what I mean? So she's like, yeah. in this set of circumstances, we're back to the routine again. So halfway through dinner, mum's going to sit down, maybe. right? If she sits down and I get attention, that's great. As soon as she stops giving me attention, I'll chew the thing and then mum will do that. And it's like... Yeah, if you could, if I could, I'll go, I, I, I could, <laughs> I'd be like, Millie, tell me about your mum. She's lovely, so easily trainable. <laughs> I've trained her to sit here halfway through dinner, pay me attention, and if she, if she, in fact, there's a thing, we're talking about a dog who, when she's getting a bit of love and she overdoes it, I'm saying to you, you should walk away and not give her any attention, right? She's done mm. that to you. She's like, if I'm sat here with you and you stop giving me attention, I'll punish you. <laughs> I'll, I'll eat the chair. <laughs> Hey. Absolutely. I love it. Yes. <laughs> so should I get up from the chair then and go and sit elsewhere? Or? Well, probably not, because you probably want to sit on that chair, right? It's convenient. So um, I think I would just say, look, you need to understand that sometimes I give you a bit of attention and sometimes I need to check an email. Yeah, it's, that's life. So what I would do is I'd set it up as a little training exercise. So because the problem is, as soon as you open that phone up and there's that email from the director, or whatever, it's like, oh, mm. what's this? I better, you're gone. So what I do is I'd sit down, go stroke, stroke, stroke. Good girl, that's nice, lovely, nice and calm, right? Another feature you see of what I do, you see it on the telly all the time. So I'm always telling people to be calmer, you know, because in mm. Britain we tend to have this default thing of going, "Yay, good boy," you know, "Good girl." So nice, yeah. nice, nice, lovely, nice, right? And then make a point of picking up your phone, right? But you're looking at your phone, yeah. but actually you've got one eye on her. So the instant yeah. she goes to open her mouth, around, uh, you, you then switch. You go from watching the phone to, ah, no, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that second's yeah. worth of a pause where she's like, oh, my God, how did she? Yeah. She's got eyes in the back of her head. And if you practice that a couple of times a day as a little training exercise, just it's not going to take you long, is it? She starts to go, do you know what? Um, no, I, I, it's, it's not worth doing that. So if I chew the leg, I get in trouble. I don't like it. If I don't chew it, well, she comes back and gives me what I wanted anyway, sooner or later. So I just chill out. Yes, that's really interesting. Listen, Joanna, you're not the only one who's struggling with a dog who thinks that your lovely furniture is actually a chewed toy. Uh, Anne-Marie is a lady who sent me a message. Her dog is also destroying everything in sight, although I think the cause of his destruction is coming from a different place to Millie's. Hi, we have a Czech wolf dog called Apollo, who is now 13 months old and who we believe is going through some form of separation anxiety. Apollo is crate trained as the breeder recommended this, but he has learnt to escape the crate when he's left alone and will cause destruction around the home when he does so, from tearing up a kitchen floor, tearing down kitchen blinds, opening freezer doors and cupboard doors um, and just consuming anything that's within his path, really. He'll work himself up, he'll whine and he'll pace and just want to escape to try and get to us. We've tried leaving Apollo with frozen Kongs, music playing, items of our clothing, all sorts of things. We've even tried teaching him that it's okay to be in a room on his own and then coming back 30 seconds later and praising him if he's still calm. 
but the problem just isn't going away and it feels like it's just getting bigger and we're hoping that you can help. Sounds quite different, doesn't it, I think, to your problem, that one. Mm. It could be separation anxiety. There's elements of this that sound a bit like it, you know, when he's on his own, but I, I, I wonder whether he's... There's an element of him just going, right, this is great. I'm, I'm not normally allowed out here on my own. I'll just chew this because I can. And I'll chew that because I can, you know. It's it's a tricky one. Um, he's a Czech wolf dog, so they're um, <laughs> they're very wolf-looking dogs. What is dogs. that breed? I, wouldn't, I don't know that breed, Graham. What do, what do they look like? They're like, if you imagine a German shepherd dog, but a bit more wired to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> That's typically what you've got. They're very hyper. So one of the things I'd be saying, I think, to Anne-Marie is just make sure he's getting enough exercise. You'd be surprised how much exercise they really need to calm him down. The other side of that is is feeding, actually. Maybe have a chat to, to somebody who's a nutritionist about is he getting the, the right kind of food but not things that might make him hyper. Because with dogs, just like with small children, do you remember a time when, you know, the sweets were a certain colour, they took the blue ones out, you know the ones I mean, because it was sending children over the top. And the the, the orange juice that had the tartrazine in it and all that, mm. I would definitely cut out any, you know, dog food, but also treats. They've got any colouring in. A lot of treats of you know, like bright red, you know, and I've had some great results just cutting that out. It sounds like they're doing the right thing, you know, getting him used to being on a room on his own, going out for 30 seconds. That's great. But once you've got 30 seconds, you know what I'm going to say, you then need to stretch it a bit. You know, 30 seconds needs to become 40 in a minute and then a bit more and a bit more, you know. And that typically takes sort of weeks, you know. Things like separation anxiety, interestingly, are really difficult to do for the television programme because I'm typically there for a day. And I can get people on the right track, no problem. But you you often don't see a result at the end of a day, you know. Uh, mm. It's not that easy. So just just keep at it, you know. Do you think that things like Kongs are good? You know, leaving a dog with a Kong with food inside yeah, it or something? Uh, yeah, I mean, Anne-Marie says that. She's tried the old frozen Kong thing, you know, so the, the food's frozen inside and he has to work to get it. Uh, that's great. It, it can often help unless it makes him a bit hyper. So want the food that's in it, obviously. But the other thing is sometimes the dog goes, ah, Right, let's see what I've got then. So I've got the Kong and I've got the staircase and I've got that carpet. Over <laughs> and like, yeah, let's start with the Kong. And they start with the Kong and do the old, hey, you know, the Kong's flying over, bunk, 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 hey, whoa. And he's revved himself up to the, to the high heavens and then goes, right, staircase. <laughs> jump, 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 you know. So it's a funny one, that. I mean, they can be great. You always want to leave them with the kind of toy that, obviously it's something that's safe that has to be said but something that creates that kind of sort of chomp 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 energy you know um, 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 i think i'll have a little nap as opposed to the whoopee doo let's let's run around the room sort of energy so one last thought actually when it comes to anxiety sometimes fear um, is all you have to be afraid of you know it's that that old you know adage because if you look anxious because you think there's going to be a problem, the dog starts to pick up on it. So if you leave and it's like, right, I'm off, I'll be back in a minute, I'm popping down the co-op, you know, <laughs> that sort of attitude. It's like, oh, fine, no big deal. But if you're closing the door, looking at your dog thinking, oh, no, it's OK, darling, I'll be back in a minute. It's going to be all right, really. It's like he's like, there's something wrong here, you know, and they, they'll pick up on that and act accordingly. Thank you.
Graham, can I just ask one last question? Yeah, of course you can. Whilst, whilst I've got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in many ways, I think we didn't choose the right breed for us, although as it turned out, I've probably had the dog of my life, you know, mm. with Millie because of that, those challenges brought so much closeness. But if you were to choose a, a, another dog, okay, I'll tell you what I'm thinking mm. of. So if we were to choose something like, you know, one of the, the breeds that are being potentially becoming extinct, like the otter hound, oh, yeah. for example, mm -hmm. something like that, mm -hmm. sort of to try and help expand the numbers of, of breeds that are becoming extinct. Yeah. So say you had an otter hound. Now, they're scent hounds, aren't they? Yeah. Are you ever going to be able to train something like a scent hound for proper recall and not just have them disappear over, you know, to the nearest river? Yeah, when you've got dogs that will they'll be led by their nose, uh, and for lots of people who might not come across a, an otter hound, you know, dogs like beagles spring to mind. They're just down with their nose and off they go, and they've they're not listening to you anymore. They can't hear you. They're in their own little world. You're kind of working against Mother Nature, but that's not to say you can't do it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just going to be it's going to take longer, and and you're going to have to be realistic about the limits, you know. So if you're out in, yeah. in a in a in a country place where there's loads of smells around, um, Hampstead Heath in London springs to mind. You know there are thousands of smells on a place like that because humans, dogs, all the wildlife that's there. You know, it's going to be tricky. So you start in an easy way where there's yeah. not an awful lot of distraction. Get get the basics bedded in there. A bit like learning to drive, right? You started probably around the back of an industrial area um, where it was quiet, and then you start to introduce more and more and more distractions, you know? That's that's the trick. Yeah. Um, don't just let them off in a place where it's it's just you know mad crazy difficult uh, and expect to, to, to somehow get through to them because you won't, but... I, I'm really into my cars, you know, and, and a lot of my analogies are around cars. And it's a bit like saying, you know, you're a Land Rover, you've seen the one on the telly quite a lot. Can you get that round around about quickly? Well, you know, I'd rather fancy I can get that round around about fairly quickly if I like, but I'm never, I'm never going to keep up with the fella in a Porsche, am I? You know, <laughs> no, but no, he's going to struggle no. across a field, let me tell you. So, <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, it's horses for courses. Thank you so much for helping me, Graham. I'm going to start tonight on the chair, on the chair routine, <laughs> pretending to look at my phone. <laughs> you don't have to apply for the show now, you see. You can just carry on doing the, uh, doing the old voiceover. <laughs> A bit of free advice. <laughs> well, I shall be so looking forward to the next series, which I know is in the pipeline. So can't wait and have a wonderful time with the, with the new owners and their dogs. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me today for the first in this mini-series of Talking Dogs Celebrity Specials. I hope you found some of that useful. Now, maybe you're lucky enough not to recognise the problems that we've talked through today. What is it that you're struggling with? I really want to hear about your dog, so please do send a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com and I could be answering your question next week. I'll be back next time for another chat with a famous face. Uh, and in fact, he's a famous vet, uh, a friend of mine. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast and we can catch up then. Look after yourself, your loved ones, and of course, your dogs. Bye for now.